Gentle listener, if you're enjoying the coaching you're hearing on the podcast, I invite you to join my Wild Woman community. It's my way of delivering coaching to a broad number of people and actually getting to answer your questions individually and coach you back. Each month, we focus on a theme that is relevant to women. This month, we're looking at unbelonging and boundaries. I post three pieces of relevant content in the community each week, an article, a journal prompt, or a poll, for example. And when you respond in the comments, if it's coachable, then I will coach you there. On Fridays at 9am Pacific, we jump on Zoom for a wilding, a casual chat about the topics that have come up that week. The community is in its second year, and it has become one of my favorite places to hang out. Go to the show notes for a link with all the information and to sign up. I hope to see you there. And now on to the show. The rules we grew up with were never meant for us. It's time for a change. Welcome to Becoming Wild. This podcast will support you in untethering from conditioning, examining limiting beliefs around womanhood and value, and tapping into your innate power. Because when women embody our truest, wildest selves, we change much more than our own lives. We change the world. I'm your host, Emma Wittard. Welcome to episode 11 of Becoming Wild. I'm your host, Emma Wittard, and I'm coming to you today from my home in Pasadena, California. This is the second episode of three that is focused on our values. Do you know what your values are? What they really are? When people first come to me, they often say family, for example. But what's underneath that? You love and value your family, of course, but what is the quality or characteristic that is standing out to you as important when you think of them? Is it connection? Is it love? Is it safety? Maybe all three. When we identify our values and then try to live them across all areas of our lives, we experience a greater sense of self and of alignment. You'll see in today's episode how Lou and I get deeper into her values and how she's living them currently in her life and where there might be a few gaps. But before we get to that, let's see what wild question has popped into my inbox this week. B writes, Dear Emma, I try to practice living my values, but I have a really hard time sticking to this when I'm angry. How would you suggest I address this? Thanks, B. This is a great question. I don't know what your values are, but when we're angry, we literally can't think straight. I'll use one of my values as an example of how you might deal with this. Let's take love. How can I practice love if I'm feeling angry? I could start by cultivating a loving attitude towards my anger. I could say to myself, I'm feeling angry and that's okay. And then just allow it to be. In fact, it might be loving to lean into the anger. Given that I'm feeling angry, what would I like to do? Maybe some shouting. Bash the living daylights out of a pillow. Sing loudly to some rage against the machine. Those are some ways you could go with it. What if you're feeling angry with someone and you're right in the moment? Well, then you might have to step away before you can practice your value. Anger shuts down our prefrontal cortex. When we're in the intensity of immediate anger, we can't really think. So one thing to do would be to remove yourself from the situation and then come back to it when you're calm 
You'll know when you're back in control of your mental faculties, when your body physically feels calm. You can help this regulation process by doing some deep breathing and or taking a walk, preferably outside. I love anger. It can be a great way to understand what you value and where you need to put a boundary in place. But it certainly is difficult to think straight when you're really in it. I hope this is helpful. Sending you lots of love. And now on to our coaching session. Okay, so choose three values that you'd like to work with today. And I would say choose ones that you'd like to lean into more fully and or that you feel are most important for your new business going forward. Yeah. So my three values that I've already said, these are my top three values are connection, compassion, and creativity. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's kind of cool because I feel like those have sprinkled over my life and work for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. So have become more integrated. So mm-hmm. I kind of love this this idea of coming up with three new ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the last time we went through this, there was a sense of them being all very connected. Mm-hmm. And I think this additional five that I just went through were also very connected. Mm-hmm. Um, so the five that I went through were... <sighs> Intuition, mindfulness, playfulness, spirituality, and understanding. I'm thinking that I want playfulness to mm-hmm. be to be one of them mm-hmm. as something that I'd like to lean into more. And I'm not sure if the other one should be intuition or mindfulness. I'm not sure what the other, the third one should be. If you're thinking intuition or mindfulness, I would suggest that one leads to the other. So you could, you could put them together. Yes. I think that mindfulness leads to intuition. Okay. So which one are we calling this? If you think of your value as a practice, which one are we going to practice? Intuition. Okay. Which one would you like to start with today? Um, let's start with intuition. Cool. Okay. So my first question for you with intuition then is how would somebody who is practicing intuition on a minute-to-minute basis as a value, as a practice, how would they come across? How would you describe somebody who was doing that? Thoughtful. I'm trying to think of like the opposite of busy, hurried. Mm -hmm. I thought of methodical, but it's not really methodical. It's Someone who is thoughtful, who is obviously listening Mm -hmm. to another person, but also to what's happening internally and the environment around them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you experience intuition? I've kind of reflected on over the last since we've talked or the last few weeks is that it's a sense of being in flow Mm -hmm. and knowing what the next best question or thing to do or direction to lean Mm. is. 
Yeah. It's not, I mean, some people talk about, oh, I just get this flash. And I, for me, it's not a flash. It's not a tickle. It's not usually a physical sensation, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a sense of ease and just being in flow, being in the moment, connected to another person or myself or nature, the environment where I am. Mm. Yeah. You said something really fantastic last time. I can't remember. Another dimension of paying attention, you said. Mm -hmm. I really love that. Yeah. And a sense of knowing that you just know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. So how does that come across when somebody else is doing it? I don't just like getting to the point, the the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Being able to get there mm -hmm. straight away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or quickly, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so how can it show up in other people, getting getting to whatever the thing is quickly? I think it comes across as just kind of general openness and mm -hmm. curiosity. And although you might have that skill of getting directly to the thing, you're not making assumptions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're not jumping to conclusions or jumping to assumptions. Mm. Yeah. Assumptions most, sort of the opposite of intuition. Yeah. Most people I know who tell me that they're very connected to their intuition remain very curious mm -hmm. and very like, okay, you know, they have an intuition intuition about something but they want to test it mm -hmm. yes. not because they doubt themselves but yeah they're just curious about it yeah yeah the intuition is is a doorway it's an invitation it's an mm -hmm. open door yeah as opposed to a sort of closed conclusion yeah I love that you described it that way an open door so this idea of what else is there? What's behind this? The The intuition isn't the end point. Like, oh, my intuition is telling me X and X is not the end point, but that's the doorway into what else is there? What's yeah. behind the door? Yeah, exactly. Great. Okay. Yeah. So we're looking for a showing up word. So for, for these three these three values that we're going to look at today, acceptance, playfulness, and intuition, we're going to find showing upwards for each of these, i.e., how do you come across when you're practicing these things? So nobody else is going to know necessarily that you're practicing intuition. Mm-hmm. But what is your showing up word? If somebody says, oh, you're very such and such today you know that that's oh yeah that's that's me practicing my intuition mm. for example mm -hmm. so what would you based on what we've just said getting to the thing quickly openness curiosity listening to thoughtful what's your showing upward for intuition I want to say open mm -hmm. great yeah. So you would like to come across as open. Mm hmm Yeah. Is there anywhere in your life where you don't want to come across as open? Mm. No. I mean, I think there's the idea of not being overly vulnerable right mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. crossing that line mm -hmm. into too much drama <clears throat> but 
I don't think there's any place where I don't want to be open at all. Mm. Okay, so let's look at acceptance or playfulness. Okay. Where would you like to go next? Acceptance. How will I come across when I'm practicing acceptance? I think loving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You talked a lot about love. Yeah. In this context. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what would you like your showing up word to be for acceptance? Yeah, I would say loving. Great. Okay. So, so far we have open and loving mm-hmm. as showing up words for these values. Yeah. Okay. And I love that we're going to be bringing playfulness into this. Yeah. Okay, so that's the next question. Playfulness. Now, we haven't defined this, have we? Or at least I haven't heard your no. definition. No. Oh, okay. I, I wrote, playfulness is a lightness, a lightheartedness. It is accepting the moment for what it is. Being in that moment, enjoying it, appreciating it. Playfulness is loving and accepting. Mm. Great. So what's your showing up word for playfulness? I think I would say lighthearted. Not 100% sure that's what it is and I think that might be because I don't see myself as a light-hearted person and I Mm -hmm. I think this comes back to what we've talked about with fun and joy yeah yeah is it's yeah it's hard for me to see myself as anything I just have this I see myself as a serious person, but Mm -hmm. if I'm already showing up open and loving, Mm -hmm. it becomes much easier to show up lighthearted. Yes. And I can just see and feel how much joy and fun and value and meaning that would add to my life and the people that I'm close to. Mm. Lovely. Okay. So we've got loving, lighthearted and open. Yeah. So how do we do these things? How do you show up in this in this way, in these ways? How can you show up in these ways? Is that the question? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think coming back to mindfulness mm-hmm. is such a big part of all of this. Mm-hmm. And connection. Mm-hmm. Connecting to myself in my mindfulness practices mm-hmm. in being mindful in every moment when possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think also my other values, compassion and creativity are a huge part of yeah how I sh- how I show up as open, loving, and lighthearted. Yeah, they all go together very nicely. Yeah. So how can you show up for yourself, first of all? Let's talk about playfulness and lightheartedness. Practicing it, before you even think about showing up that way for anybody else, how can you show up that way for yourself? I mean, I think it's so much of just not taking myself so seriously and 
appreciating moments of lightness. And I don't think any of this means shying away from sad or serious mm. or hard no. times. What I really like about the word playfulness is for some reason that doesn't feel frivolous to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we talked about with fun and joy that felt frivolous, but I don't know. Playfulness is like the, to me, the antithesis of frivolity where frivolity might be pointless. Playfulness does not feel pointless to me. Mm -hmm. Is it something about the word play? I mean, now that I look at the word written down, I I wonder if it's about the word fullness. I feel like it's more of a approach to living Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that that makes it different from frivolous for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. That's great. Go ahead. Well, it's also I just think that it's so. It's easy to bring a bit of playfulness into moments you know whereas it's not like uh, I don't know creativity okay sit down and practice creativity Um, or fun you know you're gonna go out and have some fun that sounds like an afternoon or a day and I'm looking at playfulness as something that can be brought into moments Mm -hmm. time yeah it seems more achievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's lighter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. So let's let's think about these values. So we've got six here. Connection, compassion, creativity, playfulness, acceptance, and intuition. That's quite a lot to keep in our heads. But... <laughs> If you think about, I'm now going to run this through all the places where these things could show up. If you think about your belief system, your internal workings, your inner critic, your inner coach, your your beliefs, your stories, do you feel well prepared at this point to practice these is there anything standing in the way internally of practicing these these values I think not there's nothing standing in the way of the first three connection compassion creativity there's nothing standing in the way of acceptance and acceptance and compassion are so closely related that's probably one value in there. Mm-hmm. I can see things standing in the way of playfulness and intuition mm-hmm. with playfulness that, you know, like I said, just seeing myself as a serious person. Mm-hmm. And I think I've definitely have created some mm, stories about my value as a productive person. Yes. And productive people are serious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think there could be some blocks there. And with intuition, I mean, it's funny that I said the showing up word is open because I'm totally open to intuition. Mm -hmm. But I guess what could stand in the way is my analytical mind, Mm -hmm. you know, doubting that right doubting it yeah does that come into play a lot my analytical mind versus the if you get a gut reaction to something how often are you going to dismantle that with analytics probably more often than not okay it was it was mirrored back to me recently that maybe I was looking at a situation really analytically and Mm -hmm. 
not not listening to my intuition. Mm-hmm. Right. So what is the story you're telling yourself about data versus intuition? Hmm. Mm. yeah I guess the data is the proof of something being true and intuition could always be wrong right data is the proof of something being true yeah yeah Okay, I'm going to read you a bit of information here. The conscious brain can process 60 bits per second, while the unconscious brain can process 11 million bits per second. How do you feel about that? I mean, wow. <laughs> it's, can you say it again? The conscious brain can process 60 bits per second, while the unconscious brain can process 11 million bits per yeah. second. I guess I just see that as like the like physical realm. Tell me more about that. That's just like the the things my body is doing on its own without me having to tell it to do. Mm-hmm. So an example of this would be, imagine you're driving, right? Your unconscious brain is taking in everything on the road, every single car, what's going on in the sky, all the plants that you're passing, what's on the radio, how your body's feeling. All of those different things. Your conscious brain is probably just focused, say, on the car ahead of you. So that's what it means when it, when it says that the unconscious brain can process 11 million bits per second. Okay. So funny. I read this yesterday and I thought I, I, I'm going to write. I'm going to keep this because I think it'll be useful <laughs> at some point. OK, so Albert Einstein described how he discovered the theory of relativity in this way. He said it was a musical perception. He didn't say it was the result of his focus on mathematics and physics. And recently, when somebody asked Steve Bezos, well, how do you make your decision about the new places for Amazon? He said, we collect a lot of data and then we make the final decision intuitively. So it's just this is just to sort of poke a little bit at the perception that data is more reliable mm-hmm. than intuition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely working in a corporate job that doesn't value intuition. I mean, I've I've literally have been told, oh, I know you will make decisions on, you know, projects or whatever based on your gut, but we really need to be more strategic about things. Mm-hmm. Which I actually took as very helpful because it mm-hmm. helped me realize, oh, I am making decisions about what I should be doing at work based on my gut and what my gut is telling me about what people need Mm. because that's a majority of my work is Mm -hmm. taking care of this large community of people. Yeah. And I really have used my, my gut a lot in that. Mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of my intuition shows up is in an empathetic way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And empathy is another 
energetic thing that can give us a massive amount of information Mm -hmm. that can't be explained necessarily by data yeah 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 I mean if you think about where the story that you were given where it came from it came from a corporate environment right and I don't know how you feel about the person who actually gave you that feedback that's a whole different story that we don't need to get into. Right. So we always consider the source of the feedback that we get. I think we should move on from this, but I think it is worth doing. Some, and we talked about this last time and I will send you some prompts. I think it's worth looking into analysis versus gut. Mm-hmm. By the way, So I I worked for a very big corporation for a very Mm -hmm. long time and their management training program included a Harvard Business School study that talked about the importance of gut trust Mm. in leaders. Yeah, I think there's actually I have a subscription to Harvard Business Review Mm -hmm. and I think there's an article just came out this week about that. Yeah. Yes, it's a hugely important part of decision making and strategic and visionary decision making. Yeah. Right. If you even think about the word or the phrase visionary leadership, Mm -hmm. well, what's a vision? Yeah. Our current culture of management is not talking about intuition or Mm. trusting your gut or anything like that yeah very data-driven because we've had a few years of downturn and because we had a ceo that was very numbers driven Mm -hmm. to the point of really damaging the the culture Mm -hmm. and we're rebuilding now and i definitely see the culture being rebuilding um but They've not brought in anything about intuition. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they probably wouldn't use that word. They would probably say gut trust, I guess. So going back to these values, to these six values, is there anything around your self-image or identity that may get in the way of you practicing these values? Yeah, I think definitely my self-image as a a serious Mm -hmm. and productive person. Yeah. I I think that's the main thing, getting Mm. in the way of the playfulness. The other things, the other values, I don't don't see any identity or self-image issues getting in the way. Okay. Can you think of anybody you respect and admire who you consider to be both playful and productive? I mean, you. (laughs) You come across with a playfulness. Um, I'm sure there's a singer type of Mm -hmm. person that is playful with their music. So I'm trying, let's see, uh, 311, <laughs> so random, is a band that's put out so many records for so long. But they are very, their approach is very playful mm-hmm. with each other, with their audience, with even a lot of the stuff that they put out, you know, like documentary type movies where there's just a camera following them around all the time, things like that, where it does seem like they take their music very seriously. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like they're able to be so good because they have so much fun with it. Okay, so that's interesting. Yeah. They're able to be so good because they have so much fun with it. Yeah. And I will say, I, I frequently give myself that pep talk when I'm mm-hmm. sitting down to to coach 
And I just remind myself, just have fun with this. If this is fun for you, it's fun for the person being coached and will make them more likely to want more. Mm-hmm. And when you're having fun, you're relaxed and probably more in touch with your intuition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's back yeah. to open. Yeah. Back to open. Yeah. Okay. So what I heard in there was a difference between being able to or allowing yourself to have fun with with a one-to-one call versus ongoing coaching. I think it's a good watch out for Mm -hmm. sure because in this moment as I sit here and think about it that's like okay if I'm going into a project call I'm telling myself to have fun Mm -hmm. relax go with the flow and if I'm going into a coaching call with a regular client as part of a program I'm telling myself to be prepared Really? Yes. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? So that's a good thing to notice. Yeah. And maybe do a little bit of channeling. I do like having examples of people who do Mm -hmm. have the identity that you're looking to take on. So, so, so playful and productive. Mm -hmm. So, you know, channeling 311, channeling me if you want, you know, (laughs) to help you to to embody those those things that have seemed opposites to help to trick your mind that they're yeah. opposites i kind of love having that example of the band cuz then mm-hmm. i can go listen to one of their songs before a coaching call or exactly that's a great idea and when you're sitting down and doing something creative or or any time really yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of practicing playfulness. It's a lovely task to set yourself. Mm -hmm. So back to these values, again, connection, compassion, creativity, acceptance, playfulness, and intuition. If you think about your home, is there anything in your home space that is stopping you from practicing your values? Or put it another way, is your home space conducive for you to practice these values? My home space or my home people? (laughs) I was thinking the physical space itself, but we but we're going to talk about people. So yeah, people people are really important too. Okay, we'll start with space. Um, Okay. I mean, I think the thing I come back to is the thing we talked about early on in our calls of just having my own space Mm -hmm. or not having my own space. I, my son just moved out Mm. into his second year dorm. So I will be taking his room back for my office space where I'll be working from mm-hmm. but I don't really set up space in there to do creative projects but if I can move my office in there that would potentially leave me room I think I think my block to creative projects I I mean I I really try to re- recognize you know, a different, in different seasons, my creativity is, is being utilized in different ways. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for a time, it might be focused on my business and being creative in my business. Uh, I'm trying to keep a crochet project going. But I am also paying attention to the, the longing inside to sit down and paint something or, cut and paste something and I just I don't have a lot of dedicated space for that Mm -hmm. still an ongoing issue but I will be like I said I will be moving my workspace back into my son's room which will clear off the 
table in the living room where I can do cutting and pasting Mm -hmm. (laughs) and painting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think my home environment is, you know, it's a, it's a bit of trying to keep it clean without spending all my time on cleaning. Mm-hmm. And I think going back to that dedicated space for yourself, whether it is the office space or the creative space, just going back to the things that we talked about early on and your belief around your really deserving that space. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, it sounds like relationships are are important in this. So let's talk about that. Let's make sure that we cover that. So if you consider that our biggest influence comes from the five people that we spend the most time with, are those five people conducive to you practicing your values? I mean... conducive or giving me the opportunity (laughs) testing you know there's there's people who are a great reframe (laughs) exactly there's people who like bring out the qualities in you and then there's people Mm -hmm. that you have the challenge with that allows you to practice more compassion Mm -hmm. and acceptance (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes that is very true you know i have a teenager a 16 year old in my home and a 19 year old in college in the same Mm -hmm. town as me. Um, And I, I try to practice playfulness Mm -hmm. with them and to be aware of when I, when I can practice playfulness with them. Mm -hmm. They definitely test my compassion and Mm -hmm. acceptance um, and I'm definitely, I'm very aware of how I want to show up for the, you know, five people that I've spent the most time with as open, loving, and lighthearted. Mm. My 16-year-old is the opposite of lighthearted mm-hmm. <laughs> right now. She hasn't always been like that. So I think trying to bring that into the house is hopefully, you know, an antidote for her. Mm. Who else am I spending the most time with? Probably work people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's a bit of the same. It's a bit of like leaning on some of these values in order Mm -hmm. to improve our relationships or deepen our relationships, like connection and Mm -hmm. compassion and and then also i think playfulness becomes a challenge in work mm. at work because things feel very serious mm-hmm. and i don't want anyone to feel like my playfulness is i don't want it to be mistaken for not caring yeah with people I work with. That makes perfect sense. It's also somewhere you're moving away from because it doesn't feel aligned for you. So it would be understandable if you felt that you couldn't practice all of these values that. Yeah. Yeah. So I would start to think about, and this is something I've really noticed as I've moved from being a corporate executive to being a coach the kind of people, the kind of connections that you need to support you change, Mm -hmm. kind of people you need to be around change. Mm -hmm. So one thing I would consider is thinking about people in your orbit who, who seem to have these values, connection, compassion, creativity, acceptance, playfulness, and intuition, and really beginning to cultivate maybe two, maybe three, if you can find them, 
relationships with people who are who you feel are already practicing these values mm-hmm. because those relationships will be really supportive to you yeah. as you move more and more into your new life then yeah the other place to think about is your workspace is yeah. work so and we've talked about that a little bit it's a little hard to be playful there yeah um but whether there might be moments where you can even if you're playful with yourself you don't yeah. have to involve anybody else <laughs> yeah i think it's i think it's more about i can be playful with the the work that i'm bringing to life mhm whereas i might be a little more careful about being playful with the people on my direct team Mm-hmm. And, I, and not to say I wouldn't be playful with them. And I think a lot of times that that is a value that I'm bringing to them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just being aware yeah. of what they're dealing with. Because I mean, everybody's dealing with something different, whether it's at work or at home. And yeah, with org changing all the time and you just don't know where people sit in that like are they terrified that the org is going to change and they're going to get a severance package or Mm. are they celebrating and hoping that they'll Mm -hmm. get laid off Mm -hmm. yeah yeah people have very different reactions to these things yeah Uh, i know having been having been at three big corporations through and layoffs and all of that I felt that our human connection and the depth of our human connection willingness to be vulnerable together and have fun Mm -hmm. was what kept us going through all of these hard times yeah I learned this from a boss of mine years and years ago who was Australian and he started this thing on a Friday morning it was a it was an optional coffee in his office, half an hour coffee. Mm-hmm. But the, there was only one rule, which which was that you weren't allowed to talk about work. Mm. <laughs> so you could choose to come or not come. But if you did come, mm-hmm. it was no work talk. That's so amazing. It was uh, awesome. And it just bonded us, yeah. you know. I wish more so leaders I, did that. Yeah, so I adopted that then when I when I had my own team and mm-hmm. and I took it to all the other companies that I that I worked for and I found it a really huge tool in yeah. in bonding us as a team yeah. and getting to know then other people's opinions and attitudes yeah. about things. Because even the even the really deep introverts, having sat there for, for weeks and weeks and listened to everybody else, they would start to open up. Yeah. Oh, it's so powerful. I, I mean, this is totally unrelated to me and my coaching, but just it's like a little bit of venting. Mm-hmm. We are executive right now. I mean, this person is over creative direction. So they should be creative and playful and fun mm-hmm. and personal and... I think he just doesn't see the value of personal connection. Mm. We've we've asked him to send out a weekly newsletter. What's new? What's important to know? And Mm. somebody else will compose it for you. But maybe do you want to add in what book you read over summer vacation? What Mm. podcast you're listening to right now? And he's like, what? People want to hear that? No, nobody cares. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, people people care about humans. People want you to be human and they want to feel like they can be human too. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and that's and that is the trick of the Friday morning coffee. Yeah. The boss leads with the vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to put my stuff out there yeah. in order to encourage others to do that. Yeah. And I, I worked for a studio, one of the big studios, and the head of the studio, he was amazing. Community mattered to him. So he would send us little messages. He'd be on the jet flying from here to here, and he'd have a musing about something, and mm-hmm. he'd just send it out to us all. And it yeah. was just awesome that sense of personal connection is worth a huge amount 
if we had creative leaders like that in the company, I I wouldn't be so desperate to leave, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And it's on one hand such a small thing to do and on another hand such a massive thing to do. Yeah. It requires a, a level of vulnerability. Totally, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay. What are you going to take away from today? Mm, playfulness. I'm mm-hmm. really excited to take away playfulness. Great. And practice it more. And I think what I want to think about and look for is what's the emotion mm-hmm. behind lighthearted mm-hmm. and what's the feeling in my body. Mm-hmm. And I'm really looking forward to opening up to my intuition more. Mm. Awesome. That's it for the show. Becoming Wild is a podcast written and produced by me, Emma Whittard. Special thanks go to Andrea Lida Wilborn, Sean Dennis, Jill Smolin, and Dean and De Silva. You can get more information about the show and other ways to experience my work at www.emmawittard.com. Please subscribe to Becoming Wild on your favorite podcast app and give us lots of lovely stars. It will make a huge difference to the discoverability of the show. If you'd like more direct coaching from me, please consider joining my Wild Woman community, where I post new content every few days, and coach in the comments. And we have live coaching sessions every Friday. Or contact me to explore one-to-one coaching. If you have a question about what we covered today or anything else you'd like some support over, you can email me at info at subject line wild questions. And I might just respond on the show. You'll be anonymous, of course. All of this information is in the show notes. Thank you for listening. You matter. What you do matters. And when a woman truly knows that, she changes the world. See you next time on Becoming Wild.